Hello there, it's Mike McGuire here from Sunday Night's Main Event, and welcome to our free preview week. This week, you are getting the mothership, the main show, the flagship, whatever you want to call this thing that we do every week. It is Sunday Night's Main Event in its entirety. Now, when you get it as a member of our Patreon, you also get it commercial-free. We're going to throw those in because our friends at TotalSportCards.com are just being so great to us. But other than that, you're getting the full conversation with Dave Meltzer, which covers more topics than what made the broadcast version this week, as well as the full conversation with James Petrogello, one of my favorite podcasters of all times, one of the best podcasters out there, star of Crime and Sports, Small Town Murder, and a new show he'll tell you about, and a bunch more. We're going to talk all about everything going on in WWE, AEW, and beyond, and it all starts right now. Enjoy this free preview all week long of Sunday night's main event, and our SNME Radio Podcast Network. Tonight, we look back at the life and career of leaping Lanny Poffo. Sami Zayn is heading home and going for the gold. WWE is still for sale, and Vince McMahon is still being sued. Plus, it's the first edition of Famous Wrestling Fans. It all starts now on Sunday night's main event. We love professional wrestling. Acknowledge me. This is Sunday night's main event. The cream of the crop. Nobody does it better. On the iHeartRadio Talk Network. Because you love something fresh in you, don't you? We deserve better, people. The best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. Do I have everybody's attention now? My God, what an impact. Hey, I'm Mike McGuire. Welcome to Canada's Wrestling Radio Show, Sunday night's main event powered by TotalSportCards.com, Canada's number one stop for all WWE, UFC, NHL, NBA, and NFL hobby boxes. That's TotalSportCards.com. This show, always available to you for free on the air on TSN Radio, the iHeartRadio, and News Talk Networks through our affiliate stations across the country and online at SNMERadio.com if you want the show early including a litany of brand-new daily podcasts coming to the network, full-length interviews, daily podcasts covering our usual topics of wrestling, music, and more. Sign up for our Patreon for about a buck a week at patreon.com slash Radio. Through the week, we all hear stories of this crazy wrestling biz, and weekly we'll dig deep to find out what truth really is. Meltzer and our experts tackle questions that may mount from the biggest news in wrestling, which we call the Five Count. You want to hear the breaking news? Lanny Poffo, younger brother to Randy Macho Man Savage and son of Angelo Poffo, died this past Thursday. Lanny was actually born in Canada, Calgary to be specific, despite his family having American roots. Lanny rose to fame wrestling for his family's promotion throughout Canada and the U.S. and eventually had a pair of stints in the World Wrestling Federation once as himself and the other under the moniker of... The genius. While Lanny Poffo never held a title in WWF, he did have a run of main events against Hulk Hogan and was instrumental in the feud between Hogan and Mr. Perfect, Kurt Hennig. Lanny Poffo was 68 years old. I never wanted anything from you until now. I want something from you now, and I'm going to take it because I am coming after you and the WWE Undisputed Universal Championship! It was back on May 4th, 2015 that Sami Zayn made his main roster debut in the WWE at the Bell Center in Montreal in a match against John Cena. On February 18th, 2023, just a couple weeks away, 
Sami Zayn will be challenging Roman Reigns for WWE's top prize at the Bell Center in Montreal. The event is still far from being sold out, though, and tickets, according to Ticketmaster, are pretty up there. In fact, if you end up sitting up there, like Section 400, you're going to be set back about $111 per ticket. Dana White made a blockbuster announcement about the upcoming season of The Ultimate Fighter. We just confirmed the coaches for season 31 of The Ultimate Fighter. Conor McGregor and Michael Chandler will go head-to-head as the coaches of The Ultimate Fighter, Team McGregor versus Team Chandler. Then, at the end of the season, McGregor and Chandler will fight live on ESPN Plus pay-per-view, and I do not have a date or a location for that, but we will announce it soon. While Dana didn't have much to say about the big finale other than it's scheduled, Season 31 of The Ultimate Fighter, Team McGregor versus Team Chandler, It's set to begin on May the 30th. WWE is still for sale, but in an interesting turn of events, CEO Nick Khan said that Vince is willing to make a deal that doesn't include McMahon staying on as a figurehead in the company. Nick, can you tell investors with certainty that Vince will be willing to end his involvement with WWE um, following a transaction if that gives shareholders the most value? Yes. Without question. That was Brandon Ross who posed the question that a lot of people have been asking. This past week, it came out that McMahon was once again being sued based on the rising number of settlements and accusations he has faced for several sexual misconduct cases. Upon news that the company could be sold without Vince being involved and that the company could be sold in as little as three months, WWE stock prices surged up once again to values near the level they were at when a potential sale was first announced. I was genuinely very, very nervous and really afraid that I might be told I'm not allowed to wrestle again. That's Adam Cole, baby, on this past Friday's Wrestling Observer Radio talking in-depth about his concussion recovery. Cole went on to discuss how he would be losing focus in the ring after some bad bumps, as well as the variety of side effects he suffered during the healing process from suffering two concussions within a month of each other. Now, we're not sure when we're going to see him back in the ring, but Cole has been cleared to once again return to action soon in AEW. Dave Meltzer from the Wrestling Observer joins us to talk more about that conversation with Adam Cole. Plus, we're going to discuss the Vince McMahon situation and with Seth Rollins being serious when he called out CM Punk recently. Plus, later on in the show, he's one half of the most successful comedy crime podcasts and also a big old-school wrestling fan from Small Town Murder and Crime and Sports, comedian James Petragallo is coming up on Sunday night's main event. TotalSportCards.com Canada's number one stop for WWE, AEW, UFC, NHL, NBA, and NFL hobby boxes. Total Sport Cards always delivers the most sought-after products with the best price points in the market that you can find. Keep your collection up to date with TotalSportCards.com. TotalSportCards.com, proud sponsor of Sunday night's main event. It's time! It's time! It's time for the Wrestling Observer Insider with Dave Meltzer on Sunday night's main event. As we do every week, checking in with Dave Meltzer from the Wrestling Observer and WrestlingObserver.com. We start off on a sad note this week, Dave, and that is uh, losing Leaping Lanny Poffo or the genius, however you knew him as a fan. 
definitely a force in the wrestling business over the years. Uh, younger brother to Macho Man Randy Savage, uh, son of Angelo Poffo, obviously. Uh, what can you tell us about Lanny for those that, that maybe not have all the details about him? I mean, there's so much, but, um, you know, I mean, he was... Uh, he had he started wrestling um, actually before his brother, even though he's the younger brother. He started wrestling in 73 with his father as a father and son tag team in different parts of the country. And pretty quickly, um, Lanny was a good flyer. I mean, by the standards of the 70s, he was a great flyer mm-hmm. and, um, you know, became kind of an attraction. He was first a bleach blonde heel with his father, managed by a gentleman, Saul Weingroff, who was famous years earlier for the managing the Von Brauners. And they were world tag team champions in Detroit. I think Lanny was about 20, 21 years old at this point. So he was a star immediately in wrestling. And then um, as the years went on, he went into different places and really broke in, really became like a bigger star when he feuded with his brother, which they did not acknowledge, you know, and and, and Angelo was Booker. This was in like New Brunswick and Nova Scotia. And uh, they they did very, very well there um, as, you know, battling over that international championship. And then they went uh, they started their own company in Knoxville and moved it to Lexington and um, very controversial company because it went against uh, first. It went against NWA, the Fuller Group, the Ron, Ron Fuller's promotion and then Jerry Jarrett's promotion. It was a bitter, bitter war. And Lanny and Randy were the top stars battling over their world title. They would change it. Randy was usually the champion. Lanny was the challenger, but he had won the title during that period. They did not acknowledge them as brothers until late. And they shot the angle where they acknowledged them as brothers. And um, eventually that promotion folded. And uh, Lanny went to when when they made up with uh, he went to work for Watts for a while. When they made up, he went to work for Jarrett with Randy as a tag team called Poffomania with Angelo as the manager. And that's when, you know, they Randy got the call and then Lanny got the call for WWE. And that was really the WWF. That was the highlight of his career. You know, he um, as leaping Lanny Poffo, he's just a guy in the card. Uh, then he became the genius with the poems and the Frisbees. The Frisbees came because when he was a kid, he used to love the the kangaroos who threw boomerangs in the ring. Right. So he changed that to a to paper boomerang. So he would change that to Frisbees and put the poems on the Frisbees and, um, you know, became the genius with Mr. Perfect, Kurt Hennig. And they had a very nice run, worked with Hogan on top, Brutus Beefcake on top. And I mean, that was the highlight of his career. And then when Randy went to WCW, you know, he was done in, in WWF. He was actually done in WF before that. And then um, uh, he was under contract to WCW for like five years and like, I think, worked one match the entire time. He was supposed to be Randy had bought the rights to the name Gorgeous George and Lanny was supposed to be Gorgeous George. You know, Randy would go like they're going to they're going to start you. Make sure your hair is bleached. Be stay in shape. Don't get out of shape. Eat good. And he just kept waiting for the call and got paid real well. You know, it was good. Was uh, some people called him said that Randy had the greatest job in wrestling. He got six figures a year and never left the house, and uh, that was pretty much it. I mean, he worked indies after the WCW contract, ex- ex- you know, didn't expire, but they they cut him when the company was starting to lose big money. The idea of paying a guy to sit at home probably wasn't that cost effective, and they were never going to use him. And Randy gave the gorgeous George name to his girlfriend at the time, Stephanie Bellers, and Lanny did indies and everything. And he um, had moved to Ecuador, loved to come in and do. Um, conventions had a lot of friends in the united states um you know took care of his his mom until you know he would never leave. he he wanted to go to ecuador 
but he was not going to leave Florida until, you know, his mother passed away. He was the caretaker of his mother for years after Angelo and Randy had passed away. I have a couple of mutual good friends of his and, and they were very um, upset about it because um, he was such a clean living guy. You know, he mm-hmm. was not a drug guy in an era when almost everyone in wrestling were drug guys. And he always ate good. And he, you know, and his parents lived to be very old. So, I mean, the, we we always figured Lanny was one of those guys who's going to live to be 90 years old and, and to die at 68 suddenly. I mean, he was fine. We never heard of any issues at all. He was um, in New York doing uh, doing some autograph signings and, um, you know, went to a Broadway show, I think, the day before and then woke up. Uh, was it uh, Thursday morning? Right. And um, he didn't wake up. And hmm. uh, that's all we really know. I don't know the cause, but uh, it was a shock. It's funny when he made it to WWF and he was doing the poems and the frisbees at first, it was it was like a very popular a baby face thing and, and people actually enjoyed it. And then when he turned heel, obviously it went crazy. One of the the moments he was around, and he always said this was the biggest highlight of his career in WWF, was when it centered around him, Hennig, and Hogan with the the smashing of the world title belt. Right. And then for a while there, uh, Lanny Poffa was actually working some main event cards against Hogan, which was, he said it was the most fortuitous time of his career, to say the least. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was the most money he ever made. Well, it was, it was, it was usually... Um, it was either Hogan and handicap matches against both of them, or it was Hogan and Bruce Beefcake against the two of them right. in the tag team. So, so Hogan, I mean, Hannig was a big star, you know, big, big star. He was the big opponent for Hogan at that period. And that's what the angle on Saturday night's main event was more for Hennig. But Lanny was like the, the, the second, the manager. And, but he was in that angle because it was a way to get Beefcake in the angle. You know, because Hogan always took care of Beefcake. He was his best friend. So he was looking for a second guy, and Lanny was there, right place at the right time, got a main event run. And, you know, Hogan was, uh, you know, the biggest draw of that era by far. So um, they were on top, and and that was the most money Lanny ever made in wrestling. Yeah, it was that run. All right. Well, again, our condolences to the friends and family of Leaping Lanny Poffo, the genius Lanny Poffo. We need to shift gears now, Dave. It's been another week. WWE is still for sale. There was the big quarterly earnings call that came out, and Nick Khan made the statement that uh, if it's in the best interests of the shareholders, that Vince doesn't have to come as part of the deal now. That was suspected for the longest time. That that doesn't mean anything, because Vince is the one who's going to make the choice on who they sell to. So they may say that publicly, but who knows what that really means. Um but you do you know, think I mean, that maybe the because there's another scandal, another lawsuit, there's more things coming out. They say yeah, there's, there's going to be even more. It, it, are they starting to realize that, you know what, Vince being a part of this is probably not going to be anything that sells it? Like, because the, the stock value actually started to slowly return back to where it was. And then, but once, then he announced once they said, once he said sale in three months, it went back up. Right, know? exactly. I, I mean, they're, they're, so. they're controlling the stock price by going by Nick going out there, you know, on CNBC and going like we're going to sell in three months. Now everyone's excited again. But the the deal, I mean, it's it's a weird one because, uh, and and CNBC actually said this was that Vince being involved hurts the company because of Vince's scandals. That's what so I'm wondering. Like, so it's like if that's the case, why did he? If, if if that's the case, and he's not, you know, he's willing to step aside. Why did he even come back? Because it's not a positive in the sale. You know, I mean, if somebody, you know, and I guess it depends on who buys. But like if, if if somebody buys and wants Vince there and that's a possibility, um, you know, Vince can come in 
but Vince being involved, you know, but, but again, Vince is going to pick who he sells to. That's the key. But Vince, by be, by doing that, could it hurt the number of people who are interested? Apparently, yes. So it's one of those things. And yeah, then there's always, you know, we all, you know, it, nobody's going to be surprised if more stuff comes out at this point. I mean, he just settled with Rita Shatterton. There were two more lawsuits. I mean, it really is crazy that he came back, but it's Vince and, and you know, it hasn't hurt their sponsorship. WrestleMania is, you know, obviously WrestleMania is going to do great. Royal Rumble did fantastic. The sponsorship for WrestleMania is is the strongest of any show in history. I mean, people aren't running away because Vince is there. However, as far as mainstream goes, the one thing you can say is that Vince just hasn't been prevalent as far as being on TV being any part of the shows or anything he's just in the office he's worrying about the sale and things so maybe that's also what's helping things a bit as far as sponsorship goes because Vince McMahon isn't being lauded on television as no. as this great figure so no if it, and and you would think that like if the plan was to do anything at this point it would have been on the 30th Raw or at the Rumble um now I mean they wouldn't do anything until WrestleMania at the earliest and my gut is with the thing being for sale I, I would think they would not do anything with Vince at this point right but but you know it's Vince I mean he may want to show up at some point and and no one can tell, tell him no uh well we will right now I will anyways Vince just stay off TV it's good uh let's talk about a guy that you actually had, just had a conversation with on Friday uh, Adam Cole, baby, talking about everything he went through with the concussion. Uh, Two concussions. In, yeah. In, and in, in close proximity. That was the problem. Yeah. And that's exactly it. So he was talking about how things were actually affecting him later in the healing process. It's it's a fantastic conversation. Strongly urge people to go over to Wrestling Observer Radio and uh, check it out for sure. But I did want to ask you about what you've noticed in concussion protocols between WWE, between AEW now, seeing that both companies tend to take them pretty seriously. Everyone should. Is WWE to. at a level now, though, where maybe they're even outdoing some pro sports? Because it seems to be that that wrestling in general, not just WWE, but wrestling in general, as far as these two major companies go, at least, are, are taking it very, very seriously now. Everyone. I mean, AEW takes it very, very seriously. Yeah, yeah. That's and, 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 and WWE does as well. It's nothing that they cheat on and, and have like a double standard, like in, in, in everything else. There is a double standard. But in this one, I mean, um, I mean, I remember, you know, having a discussion with with Tony Khan, you know, about Brian Danielson. And I mean, you know, who, who was who had a concussion the same time Adam Cole did. And I mean, they were very concerned, you know, you always are because Brian had, had so many concussions that he wouldn't come back. And then certainly with Adam that he wouldn't come back. And there was no, you know, there's no rush. It's like you pass and, you know, like with, with Adam, Adam has cleared. I believe he's going to come back, but it's not like they rushed him into a match. I mean, I right. presume his first match will be March 5th, but I could be wrong. It's not like, okay, you were cleared on Wednesday. Now, Monday, go in there and do a match. It's like Adam had two concussions a month apart. And, you know, that's probably what the problem was. And But it wasn't like, you know, he had a memory loss thing, you know, which was after the second one, not the first one. And then about whatever it was, like about a month later, then he started really getting bad stuff. And it reminded me, you know, you know, Brett. I mean, mm -hmm. Brett, you know, I mean, and Brett never really was able to come back. I mean, he did some matches here and there. But Brett's career really ended, you know, by the, the Goldberg thing and then the coming back too soon, which was because at that point we didn't know better. In in that era, you had a concussion on a Friday and you wrestled on a Saturday in a fog because that's what wrestlers do. And, um, you know, ever since, you know, you got to um, give a lot of credit to Chris Nowinski. I think he was a big part of educating people 
in wrestling that this is nothing to take serious, you know, to, to not take seriously. And nobody, unless you pass protocol, if you have a concussion and nobody's being put in to, you know, because there's a pay-per-view Saturday and you're in the main event, it's like, you know, either you pass or you don't, and it's, they're not cheating on it. Neither, neither company will do that. Okay. Let's jump over to some storyline stuff here for a moment here, Dave, and see some things that are happening on TV. Of course, uh, the Royal Rumble saw the big turn from Sammy uh, getting out of the bloodline. And now we have Sammy and Roman set up as the main event for elimination chamber by the looks of things makes perfect it is, sense it is it is for the town cha- for the championship yes for the title everybody seems to think this will set up the tag match at mania so we're gonna see jay uso either come back and either stay aligned to the bloodline and and step up there or he's going to stay out and maybe solo helps defend the titles do we know uh, if if this is going to set up that tag match that we've been talking about with Owens and Zayn against the Usos for the belts at Mania? I mean, I can't say 100%. The storyline seems to make you think that. And, I mean, I know I know at one point that was the plan for WrestleMania, and I'm not, I haven't been told it's not the plan. But I also, like, in the last week, you know, when I've I've gotten some matches that are new and everything, that was not one of them. But nobody denied it to me either. So it's kind of like, probably, you know, I mean, it's, you know, Sammy's got to be in a huge match at WrestleMania. And I can't think of any other match. I, you know, I suppose you could put him in Jay, but you might as well make it for the tag titles, um, you know, in that situation. So I think that that makes the most sense. Um, You know, the obviously, I think that Roman and Sammy is probably the hottest non-big three pay-per-view match in a long, long time. I mean, I think it should be the WrestleMania main event, but, you know, they, they don't. And uh, they're the ones who make the call, and and they, you know, they feel Cody is a better main eventer for WrestleMania than Sammy. That's their call. And, you know, Cody's got a story, and Cody's hot, too. You know, I mean, you, you know, Sammy's hot, Cody's hot, business is hot. You know, I mean, they're they're drawing. Um, you know, and they, they had some shows, this, the, the, the show tonight and the show last night, um, which were Cody's first two house shows back. And I mean, tickets for the last week after they announced Cody in both cities, Pensacola and Columbus sold really fast. So, I mean, it is Cody is a mover of tickets and very few people are. And we know Sammy's angle. I mean, you can see the TV ratings of late and that angle with Roman and Sammy and the whole bloodline thing. That is the key reason for these ratings increases. I mean, the, the 30 would have done big no matter what. And the day after Rumble would have done big. But these SmackDown numbers the last couple of weeks that are very big, that's Roman Reigns and Sammy. So we know that that's a mover as well. So you got they've had a tough, tough time making people who are movers. And now they've got, um, you know, Cody, Sammy and Roman, who I believe are all three movers all at the same time. So they're. Their business is in good shape right now. I was just on the Ticketmaster website this morning, checking out tickets for Elimination Chamber, and there seemed to be a lot left still, considering we're just a couple weeks away from this event. Do you think that, because I checked out some of the prices. It, 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 it's, and, and, it's, 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 it's close to sold out. I mean, there are tickets available. Well, but I mean, there's still quite, like, we're we're probably still over 1,000 tickets available. Yeah, and, maybe, and the prices, maybe, maybe a 1,000. The, the prices the price are, are incredibly high. Yeah, well, that's the reason. The and not, not even high. not even resale. Like, I'm talking about base ticket prices in the 400s at the Bell Center. So the top, tippy top of the building, you're looking still at 100 bucks a ticket, which, you know, 100 Canadian, sure, but that's still $100. Yeah, it's well, I mean, what, way what, what up. 
one of one of the ways that they do tickets now is the last week you take those and then you start doing your two for ones and you lower the price and that's how you fill the building you know they right. go with the you know they're not looking at selling out on day one i mean they had a great great advance and at that point yeah you're going to go like oh you know we got a great advance let's jack up the ticket prices and the ones that don't get sold then we take the tickets down the last week and that's where they and and both companies are starting to do that more and more you know it's it's like they're they're charging much more initially for tickets and that's why we've got these you know record gates i mean in wwe set uh, record gates in 20 cities last year mm -hmm. um and 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 you know again and it's not like last year i mean they're very hot right now but for most of last year i'm not gonna say they were cold but they were not very hot they were they were fine okay sticking around with storyline things going over to aew jade cargill is now 50 and oh how long do you think this is going to last and do you think this is helping her or hurting the tbs title or are both just fine um i think they need to move on to something whatever that is it's gone on long enough um i mean she's gonna have you know i i think that um somebody I, I think it's time for somebody to get that upset i hope it's willow nightingale i don't know that it will be but somebody to make somebody because because if someone can go unbeaten for a year and they're not over enough to lose um then you know it's like you you, you wasted a year you know what i mean because she should be enough of a star to lose now and to make somebody and uh you know i think it's time you know it's just a question of who that person will be but yeah i think it's time to to have her lose and somebody beat her for the title and and not not Britt baker you know what i mean somebody new make somebody new you don't don't go with somebody who's already over and, and i suppose you could do a jamie hater jade title versus title match but i don't think that that's the best thing either i think that it's better to for for um jade to lose the title to somebody on the rise and then jade could challenge jamie hater without the belt because she should be over enough with that year of dominating everybody let me ask you this because uh, dan the mouth Levransky and i always get into i won't say passionate arguments about it but we see different sides of this here do you feel jade has improved to a level where she can go to that next step now uh or is she still floundering do you think lately she's still got challenges ahead of her here work-wise she's not there but you know um they pushed her so much that she should be okay star power wise so um but no i mean yeah she, is she better than a year ago yes um is she as good a wrestler as tony storm and and jamie hater and brit um no she's not um but and and how long will that take she's a great athlete it'll probably take her less time than many but it's she's still not at that level yet no that's fair I, I just like to get somebody else's opinion here because I, I see a ton of improvement in her promo work, especially. Uh, you hey, know, I mean, she's improved. Wise, she's, yeah. she's improved. But I mean, again, I watched her match with um, Red Velvet and it's still, you know, compared to every other match on that show, it was it was weak. You know, she's not. Um, and there was a point when she first started and they first gave her the push where she would be on and, you know, just out of curiosity because of her look and she looked like such a star that that she would help ratings and that's not the case anymore now um that novelty you know when you're when you that novelty is is not there when you're there week in and week out when you're there week in and week out you have to be able to produce and that's one of the reasons why i say like it's been a year they built and built and built um and now it's time to have her make somebody and hopefully 
the the year that they've spent pushing her will enable her to maintain stardom and um when she works with better people for longer matches hopefully in that next year you know over the next year that she will improve even more that's the hope we're talking to dave Meltzer from the wrestling observer and wrestlingobserver.com last night was nxt vengeance day braun breaker retained the championship yet again they keep lining guys up for him and he keeps knocking them down here is this gonna be the last run here with carmelo you think coming up where he finally gets called up to the main roster after mania or are they gonna keep riding this thing um you know i don't know for sure but um what what would you do i guess or what do you think they should do i i wouldn't i wouldn't rush him because um they don't need him i mean it's not like there's a rush um he's really good for for you know i mean i right i mean if if they want to bring him in the thing is you don't want to bring him in and then not do anything with him i'd rather keep him in nxt if it's six months or even another year until there's a spot where they want to bring him in at at a high high level um because he's got so much potential and you don't want to you don't want to do the Chris Masters, you know, which is you don't want him tag teaming with Rick Boogs in three months. Right. 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 You know, just, uh, you know, make him feel special and then bring him up as somebody really special. Make the people really want him on the main roster type of a thing. Um, I mean, they could. I just remember, um, you know, this would have been over a year ago um, when, you know, and and he was new. And I remember being told like him and Gable Steveson this this would have been after last year's mania it's like you know those those names are being talked about and 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 they didn't rush either of them you know and gable you know didn't you know he's not done great as you can tell by the fact that he's not doing anything you know as as big of a name as he is um and you know he they he had done the angle at wrestlemania and they were going to follow up and he just wasn't ready and then uh with with breaker you know they thought he was ready but it was like you know they, they didn't need to fast track him but could he go after WrestleMania? Um, if he if he loses the title to Carmelo Hayes, could he then go up there? You know, I mean, I've certainly heard that that that's a possibility. Yes. Well, with Steveson too, we got to remember there was also a medical issue that kept him out for a while as well. So there's a big question mark on that guy. Okay. Uh, last thing, I figured we'd end on a, a high note here or with a bang, whatever you want to con- call it here. Uh, Nick Hausman from Wrestling Inc. had a conversation. Uh, during the Rumble weekend with one Seth freaking Rollins. There were comments made about CM Punk when Hausman asked uh, if he'd like to, if Rollins would like to see Punk back in WWE or or anything like that. And Rollins responded in a way where some people thought he was being dead serious and other people thought that he was being very sarcastic and silly, uh, saying that, uh, you know, Philly, stay away you cancer. Meanwhile, he's saying this while dressed like a complete idiot in a fun way. I mean, this is the Seth freaking Rollins character and just his tone, his inflection didn't seem to be all that serious. So I, I don't know. What do you make of, of those words from I, I, I'm sure I'm sure that's his feelings, you know, because you would say something different if you thought different. Um, but it was I don't think he was ready for the question. So like what he said was probably not something well thought out. It was just sort of like your initial reaction. And I think the initial reaction of the vast majority of people in WWE, you know, they've heard the stories. It's like, keep them away from us. But that doesn't, you know, Seth's not the one making that decision. Yeah. And, um, you know, but I mean, there's, you know, I, I'm sure that there would be um, people who would be unhappy if he was brought in. But at this, like I said, if they feel that it's going to make the money and it would, 
uh, they might or might not do it. They're not forced to do it. Um, this the and and right now it doesn't matter anyway because Tony Khan's not releasing him. Right, and he's got a long, long time. So he ain't going to WWE at any uh, time. I'm, so. I'm not even worried about the punk thing. I was just more kind of thinking about Seth's. Oh, was That's he serious? I'm I'm sure as an as an initial gut reaction, you throw this question at me, and I haven't planned out what I'm going to say, but my initial reaction is to say, look, look, Seth's got buddies in AEW, and I'm sure like the thing is, you know. Based on what he's heard, it's like keep this guy away from us. This guy's not good for for us, you know. So I'm sure that's his initial reaction and his, you know. I don't think he was saying something. Oh, it's in character and fake. If it was in character and fake, you're building an angle, and he was clearly not building an angle. But but you know, if he was asked this question again next week, would he say the same thing? I don't know because then he'd have time to think about it. I mean, he was. I think it was thrown at him without, and he that was just his initial gut reaction. Totally fair. All right, Dave Meltzer from the Wrestling Observer and WrestlingObserver.com. Obviously, a big piece on Lanny Poffo. What are some other things people can read about this week? Yeah, I've got a piece on Kenny J, who was a big, a very well-remembered rem- uh, enhancement wrestler in the AWA, who's got a great story, including a match he once had with Muhammad Ali, which I've detailed. And then a lot of the stuff, you know, went into detail on the WWE conference call, the sale updates, a uh, huge story on the Rumble and WrestleMania. The matches confirmed the matches that are probably happening at WrestleMania. A lot of new stuff that hasn't been out yet. And, um, you know, the Montreal card, as as it's known, and the business, you know, all the different records that were set. Uh, it's business outlook. Um, you know, that's uh, just Fedor Emelianenko. You know, I did his feature on him. He had his last match last night. Uh, so a lot, a lot of stuff it was a big, big issue. It was a very tough issue because so much happened with Kenny J and uh, Lanny both dying on on Thursday morning, mm-hmm. uh, right as I was finishing deadline and then the WWE conference call. And, you know, we went in, you know, Nick Khan, a lot, a lot of comments by Nick Khan as far as, you know, upcoming business. We analyze the business. We look at, you know, everything there. And, you know, Nick said, you know, that they're looking at the sale in about three months. So it's not like this is like something that that's not happening and not to worry about. This is this is big right now. It is a big time in wrestling and keeping us covered every week. It's Dave Meltzer from the Wrestling Observer. Thank you, sir. We will talk to you next Sunday. Okay, have a great week. Coming up, it's always kind of cool when you find out someone's a wrestling fan just like you. And today we're going to talk to someone who a lot of people know. The co-host of Crime and Sports and Small Town Murder Podcasts, James Petragello. He's going to talk about his love of old school wrestling next on Sunday night's main event. You're listening to Sunday night's main event on TSN radio. Totalsportcards.com, Canada's number one stop for WWE, AEW, UFC, NHL, NBA, and NFL hobby boxes. Total sport cards always delivers the most sought after products with the best price points in the market that you can find. Keep your collection up to date with totalsportcards.com. Totalsportcards.com, proud sponsor of Sunday night's main event. This is Sunday night's main event on TSN Radio. Welcome back to Sunday night's main event. It's time for something a little different on the show. This is someone who I've been listening to for years, as have, do I dare say millions of people, James? Definitely in the hundreds of thousands. Are we in the millions? 
Yeah, no, well, millions of listens, maybe, but I don't think millions of people want to hear me talk, probably. I hope not, anyway. <laughs> Jesus, I, I don't want to have that much influence, I think. That'd be scary. <laughs> he is one of the hosts of Crime and Sports, as well as Small Town Murder, two amazing podcasts you can find at shutupandgivememurder.com. He is James Petragallo. Pleasure to have you here, sir. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited about this. This is great. Well, this is something that, it's funny, it all ties back to wrestling, and if you're a wrestling fan, as I know you are, you can always find a way to tie everything back to wrestling. The first time I ever heard about either of your shows was when Colt Cabana mentioned you way back on his podcast, and then you mentioned him on your podcast. And Yeah, he was really nice to us. He saved us a very, very hard uh, couple hours by having his audience stick around for a little show we did at South by Southwest where we just had started and we really didn't have anybody there. We had like three people there to see us. And he was like, you guys should stick around and listen to this. And, you know, 80 people stuck around and made it way more bearable. So we are forever grateful to Colt Cabana for that. That was awesome. Every episode, it seems, almost every episode, like I said, wrestling fans can tie everything back to wrestling. No matter (laughs) crime and sports or small town murder, there always seems to be at least one to 30 wrestling references per episode. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and they're all from you. Sneak them in. Yeah. Yeah. Jimmy's not a wrestling guy. He watched a little bit, you know, as a kid and stuff like that. But he didn't get really, really nerdy into it like like me and like you and uh, like a lot of like everyone probably listening right now. So, yeah. He, but it's I, I can't help it. It's just one of those things. It's in my brain all the time. Wrestling and comedy. They go together. They're the same thing. I've said it a million times on the show. There, There is no two more similar professions than professional wrestler, especially kind of the old school territorial wrestler. It's the same life, except we're not physically hurt. Mentally, we're way more damaged. <laughs> you know, maybe not our actual brains, but, uh, you know, our emotions are, are way more messed up. But physically, we can still walk around. That's the only difference. I'm sure if you wanted to make it a competition, it would be, uh, it would be a, <laughs> again, a one and one a sort of situation. But uh, who's had more dead people in a hotel room, wrestlers or comedians? Let's have a competition <laughs> right now. And I don't know. It's going to be close. close. Who ends up dead in a hotel room before the age of 70? It's going to be one of us. Oh, my. (laughs) (laughs) Well, even one of the most recent episodes of Crime and Sports, you you brought up Evelyn Stevens, who maybe even a lot of hardcore wrestling fans of today don't know. And and what I want to lead into with this is that you are a fan more of old school wrestling. So we're not going to talk a lot about current WWE, AEW, things like that right now. Because you're a guy that, that grew up in, well, you were more of an AWA guy, weren't you? That's That was my first, honestly, the first territory I got really, really into, even though I'm a New York guy. I grew up, you know, an hour from New York City, so yeah. obviously I had so much WWF coming in, and I, that was great and everything, but the first thing I really, really got hooked on was the Kurt Hennig, Nick Bockwinkle, hour-long New Year's Eve match. I was eight years old and that, I mean, I had liked wrestling and stuff and watched it casually, but that was like, I sat there on the edge of my seat and that figure four at the end and, you know, they're both bleeding. And I, I, you know, I, at the time too, I just, I I remember I wanted heading to win so bad and I'm like, oh my God, this is like, that's obviously everybody else did, I think too, at the time. So, 
And I was so into it, and I was just like, and it ended in the draw, and I was like, oh, my God. Gee, and my head exploded. Like, I couldn't take it. And from then on, I really got into it. And the the Rockers and uh, Buddy Rose and Doug Summers, and that was like a, that was a huge deal as a kid to me. I really got into that feud. And then, obviously, and then WWF from there, the Orndorff-Hogan feud I was really into at first. And that's kind of what hooked me on the whole thing. I love that you bring up uh, the Midnight Rockers and uh, yeah. Doug Summers because that's Oof. that's a few everybody who's Shawn Michaels fans maybe don't go back and, and look at oh. and and so good that feud was was crazy that's literally I think what what established the Rockers as to what they yeah. would become so and it's it's crazy because like Rose was Rose obviously was a huge star and he was a guy who was you know charisma dripping off of him but Summers was like. Summers was not considered that. And when you watch him, he's a good worker and everything, but he's not, you don't see charisma dripping off the guy. You don't look at him and go, wow, that guy's going to be in the main event. Like, that's just not the kind of guy he is. But you add Sherry into the mix and you had this, like, right? This awesome, like, sort of like a Midnight Express type of vibe. You know what I'm saying? And we're like, the manager's there and she's a, an irritant just as much as the guys. And you had a quiet guy. And then you had Rose, who was, you know, obviously loud and, and had his thing going on and talking about him 214 pounds and it was just a really good package that team it was a, a shame that it just there was no more after that you know so your fandom continues you're a grown-ass man now you've got these two really successful podcasts crime and sports is definitely focused on some of your favorite athletes of all time in fact we we thought we were going to lose the show a little while yes. ago. Yeah. <laughs> you, you did the big sign-off episode with someone who uh, also wrestling fans will remember. Uh, he also played football. Uh, uh, Lawrence Taylor. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. He beat Bam Bam Bigelow at WrestleMania 11, which is by far his greatest achievement ever. However, well, obviously, right. Put the rings aside. You decided to keep the show going, which is great. W- whatever crossed your mind to say, you know what, we're going to hang this thing up. And, and what talked you into keeping it on the air or on the on the podcast, I guess. It's okay. I'll explain crime and sports. Crime and sports is um, a manifestation of my, I don't know what the word, I guess, just my, my obsessiveness. So it's, it's OCD put into a, into audio form. So I need, when I look up somebody, I got to find out everything. I need it all. I need every little bit of information. I got, I don't want anybody saying like, Oh, you didn't say that one thing. Shut up. I don't want to hear it. I didn't say that one thing. Like that's, that's the goal. I want it to be a, like a complete thing. So uh, it's 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 taxing. <laughs> it's taxing. You know what I mean? And for us, small town murder is, you know, on a business end, small town murder is what makes the money. You know, crime and sports is is has a lot of listeners. But in the podcast landscape, to, in order to make money, it's it's not quite to the level of to make big money off of it. So it's it's one of those things where that's for love of the game. You know, I mean, we make a few bucks off it and everything, but it's that's for love of the game. And it was just getting to the point where it was just draining me and and, and it was hurting me, you know, uh, just the research part of it. And then we just I don't know, we said we were going to end it. And then people were sending us messages and they were like, literally like i'm really sad <laughs> like not you know uh you know fun times or whatever good run or you know ah that sucks they were like i'm just sad now like the word sad kept coming up and we were like we're kind of sad too because crime and like small town murder is murder so there's certain you have to walk around a couple of things and you can't be we can't be a hundred percent you know raw comedy whereas if you're making fun of an nba player who was absolutely 
screwed his life up to a, a proportion where it cannot be brought back from the brink, then you can make fun of that because that person's had every opportunity for that not to happen. They had a hundred million dollars at one point. Uh, you're up. You're fair game to be made fun of. So we can really rip into it. So. Uh, crime and sports is where we get uh, Jimmy and myself, Jimmy Wisman, the co-host with me. We get to let loose kind of as comics a little bit more. And I like talking about sports. So it's, you know, I like talking about sports and, and we like talking about sports together. And we said, we can't end this. It just would be a crime in sports to end this. So hey, we decided to stick it around and we're going to do it. So we're going to keep it going. And we found we're just going to, they're not going to be three hours long anymore. Most of them. If something comes up that's three hours long, great, but we're going to tone down that because uh, a lot of those stories we've used. We did three, we've done 338 episodes. So the long stories have been drained. I, li- I like how you felt that that was the bar, too, that it, it had to be three hours or we're just not going to do it. <laughs> you, could, you could probably yeah. dateline this thing and do it in 40 minutes. Yeah, but <laughs> probably. But it's just that that's where those moments come from, though. Those moments. It's like. I'm a big Hunter Thompson fan, and Hunter S. Thompson always had this thing where he talked about reading other people's books, and he was saying, I don't even care about the narrative anymore. I don't care about the story. When I read something, I want to hear some high white noises, and you know? I want to hear some I want to hear some peaks. I don't care about this and that. I want, where's the good stuff? And if you give it time, that's when, especially with comedians, that's when we can, you know, when we're not rushed, we can really get into some good stuff and get some comedy out of it, which is fun this is where we cross over into wrestling now because you've done several episodes on pro wrestlers uh, oh god yeah including some of the big ones i mean i can't imagine the benoit one was an easy one to try and figure out how are we going to make this into a funny show yeah it was tough yeah because and and here i'll tell you this right now i didn't tell you this beforehand but like i i did one of chris's last media appearances in 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 a period yeah so it was it was really weird, and then it never went to, it never posted because what happened. But um, yeah. whatever you talked about would be irrelevant by, by then, right? Exactly, and <laughs> it was just one of those things where wrestling fans uh, just recently again went through the loss of another wrestler. This wasn't through anything uh, criminal; it was a tragic car accident that just happened. But yeah, it's, it's a sensitive thing that a business that's already marred in controversy to begin with. I mean, I, I assume you could probably do a whole series on crime and wrestling and just have it be that. Yeah. When you were presenting that to your sports audience, was there any, any sort of concern at all from your part of, you know, cause I mean, wrestling fans get it all the time. Oh, it's not a real sport, but, but you went in on the wrestlers <laughs> yeah. and you went deep. Yeah. No, they're doing the wrestling episodes. They're by the way, our most popular episodes every time because the non wrestling fans, even the people who don't know about wrestling sit there and they go, Oh, it's a wrestling episode. I, I have to listen to this one. It'll be, you know, it's going to be crazy because the, the business is just nuts. It's so it's, they know it's going to be crazy. So now everybody's anticipating the, these <laughs> these episodes. The Benoit episode, luckily for us, because we do Small Town Murder, what he did, as horrible as it is, it's it's a it's like a three as far as Small Town Murders go. You know what I mean? I mean, we've had a guy who has, you know, <laughs> put a, a three-year-old in a meat grinder. So, yeah. you know what I mean? That sort of thing is uh, what he did was horrible, but we know how to talk about that and be respectful of what happened respectful to the people who it happened to, you know, that's, that's kind of, you just have to look at it that way. Like the, we have to say, these are the facts. We're all going to be adults. 
We're going to go through the facts. There's nothing funny about killing your wife and child, so there's really not a lot of jokes there to make. So we don't make jokes during all of that. And then afterwards, we can make all the jokes we want about whoever did it. That's usually how how it goes. But with Benoit, it's a different thing because I, I you know, as much as you you hate the guy for doing all that, you also you also understand that you don't even you don't even know if he knew where he was at the time. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying when you when you look at him medically. So that 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 is um, I don't know. I think that's where the interesting part is to me because yeah, you know, that that's and, and I, I have to say like I was I was nervous to press play on that one because again there's a big connection especially where I grew up. Uh, people that I know are friends mm-hmm. of his and. And I, I mean, I was a fan too, but given the structure of the show, given the the comedy that you guys do, that I I do appreciate, I, I think you guys through the research, especially, you, you do honor the the story and you do build it in the right way. But it is it is this strange dichotomy of of crime, yeah. or in this case, murder mixed with comedy, and it's not going to be everybody's thing. And I can understand if people are listening right now, going, "How is this a thing?" Again, like <laughs> like you say at the start of the show, it might not be for everybody, but. I think especially, and I, I can tell your passion when you talk about any of the wrestlers, because you will go off on tangents. In fact, if I uh, listen back to the Evelyn Stevens episode from just recently here, uh, yeah. I, I believe I believe your inner Jim Cornette may have come rambling out at one point <laughs> talking about the type of wrestling you like and the type of wrestlers yeah. you enjoy. Yeah, it's true. I, I And the modern, the modern product, don't get me wrong, I hate when people call it the product because the product sounds like... It just sounds like something's coming out wrapped like a pre-wrapped Rice Krispie treat that you buy at like a Seven Eleven. Like that's a product to yes. me. Like, so I don't really like product. It's 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 a I don't even know what to say. It's a sport. It really is. You have if you're jumping and falling and rolling, that's a sport as far as I'm concerned. So you know what I mean? That's it's it's athletic. It's all that stuff. So, so golf not a sport then. Golf is not a sport. And, I, I, no, golf's an activity. <laughs> golf's an activity. <laughs> Because here's and here's why here's my definition of a sport. You're not competing directly against somebody in golf. You're playing against yourself, and then you're comparing score sheets. You can do that from separate continents. It doesn't matter. Obviously, playing the same course, but you know what I mean. Basketball, you're one on one. You're with a person. In baseball, someone's pitching. In hockey, they're checking you against the boards. In wrestling, you're body slamming a guy. That to me is a sport. You know. Whereas sitting and golfing tennis is a sport that you're pitting it back and forth against some guy, but not, not golf. No, not a sport. Absolutely not. Okay. So you mentioned Hennig and Bockwinkle. Who were the ones you gravitated to growing up as far as wrestlers went? Um, I, well, I liked, I liked guys who were crazy. Like to me, I wanted to, I wanted to be afraid of people. You know what I mean? Like as a kid, I'd go, wow, that guy is scary. You know, like if I saw that guy, I think he could beat my dad up. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's one of those. That's what you want, you know, in, in a wrestler. I That's what the difference between the, the product now product and the <laughs> and the old business is. Now, and on paper, you'd think it would be better because you go, okay, well, it's more organized now. Now it's all, you know, everything's written out and they have it planned. And so that's good. And they have these guys who are great athletes who might have been other like college athletes in different times. But now they're doing this from a young age rather than playing football till they have a knee injury and then coming in with a receding hairline when they're 37. You know what I mean? (laughs) So you would think that would be better, but for some reason it's not. And I think a lot of this is, and I've heard old school wrestling people say this a lot, but I feel like a lot of the guys now have never actually been in a real fight. And I think that is a problem. Like they need to have a fight club. 
That's what they need to have in WWE. <laughs> That's the new training. We're going to put you in a – the first two months should be just beating the crap out of each other for real to go. That's what a fight looks like and sounds like and feels like. And when you get kicked, that's how you should react because it's supposed to feel like that. And I feel like that's – you can't – it's a harder thing to train. And I think a lot of the old guys were nuts. A lot of these guys were bouncers and, you know, they were they were crazy people. So they were people who – couldn't fit in with legitimate society, much like comedians. So you get that. Those guys have been in a million bar fights. They know they know what it looks like to get punched and to punch somebody and to fall down. And there's a certain there's a certain reality to that that it's that small of a thread that you need that to make it it's a visceral feeling. It's it's like special effects being practical or CGI. The CGI ones, they're beautiful, and that's amazing, but my brain isn't connecting with it for some reason. Right. It's, it's seeing it as a flat image, whereas before, it might not have looked quite as perfect, but viscerally, it looked like it was really happening. I, I love movies from the 80s, especially watching them now and, and seeing the amount of time and money that went into a 10-second practical Explosion. effect, right? Yeah. yeah. Or, or even just something simple. Like I'm a, I'm a huge yeah. Ghostbusters fan, right? And when they go to mm-hmm. the actual models of this this giant terror dog thing, for example, or whatever, <laughs> it's like it's like wow, somebody spent yeah. weeks building this thing out of latex and foam and whatever else, and it's it's on yeah. the screen for maybe like you know ten seconds. So, but your your brain thought it was really there, you know, at least it, it's really on the thing, and I think it feels the same way to me now. It really does because my brain, yes, you can. You can suspend disbelief, but the farther you stretch that, the more you're asking of someone's brain to say that you lay there for like 46 seconds while I climb up a ladder, do seven arm gestures that I have T-shirts for, and then do eight flips onto you. Isn't My brain can't process that as a, as a human being. Okay, so real, back back you know? to the original question then. Who else were the guys and girls that you enjoyed? Oh, watching? sorry, sorry. No, that's okay. Yeah, I, um, I, I love going on these tangents too. So don't uh, yeah, worry about it's, it. <laughs> the uh, you're, it, it, I think I, I liked I like guys who are on the mic hard. Like I like Piper when he was a heel because I, I love I love a guy who seemed like wow that guy is insane. And I you know even a guy who didn't cut a good promo like look at like Ultimate Warrior who's you know the most maligned promo in history but right you at least at the end of it you go I don't know what that guy said but he's out of his mind <laughs> nuts yeah and that there was something to that that made him unpredictable and okay maybe I'll see what he does because he's nuts there's a crazy person with tassels and his veins are popping out and you know he's doing all this runs to the ring you're like there's got to be something there for this lunatic even if he tears somebody's arms off at least it's something at least as a kid that's what I thought you know did you ever see the apology video that he had to do Oh, um, the, which one, which one are we talking about? Apology video. I guess he was rude to some friend of Vince's kid or something. Oh, and so he had to like cut a promo for this kid and, and you see him halfway (laughs) through be like, God, do I really have to do this? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. I'll I'll send you that link. I'll send you that link. That's amazing. That sounds wonderful. I like those guys. Then I like guys. Um, I also liked. Um, I, I was a big Macho Man fan because I think he had a whole package. You know what I mean? Oh, he yeah. had the whole thing. He had the from the cape to Elizabeth to the even the, the sparkly headband. 
to his promos. I like like in his promos, he'd wear like jeans and that macho man shirt. You know what I mean? So it was like he was like off duty macho man at that point, but he still looked crazy. So that made you think, wow, even outside the ring, this guy looks like that. What a maniac. He's got giant sunglasses and he just looks crazy. And then he'd go out there and he had that that kind of cat-like style in the 80s that nobody else at that time in America anyway really had that those quick hops up to the top rope and the the, that quick movement just people weren't doing that sort of thing that he was doing you know so I remember being a kid and and hating Macho Man when when he was a heel because that's what you're supposed to do and now you go back and watch and like you said like the guy was just a magician like he was just oh he was so good so slick and everything. And I love Bret Hart too, like Hart Foundation, Bret Hart. And then later on too, but when he was like in the Hart Foundation, even I got, I just liked the way he moved. He had just this efficiency of movement that looked like, man, that guy looks like he's in there to take care of business. You know what I mean? Like, a, like a hitman would do. I thought that was the best nickname as a kid for him. I thought that was cool. Was really, really cool. I always was a big fan of his as a kid growing up. Potential venue alert. I don't know what the place is going to look like because he just announced it today as we're recording but uh yeah if you guys guys make it to canada which i will gladly be a proponent of and do whatever i can to make that happen (laughs) but if you make it to calgary uh hitman's bar is opening up oh very cool i don't know i don't know if it's gonna be big enough to do a show or not i I don't know anything about the place i gotta i gotta ask him afterwards because i'm like i dude what is this thing like it it might just be a little speakeasy but i mean good good for him though yeah that's that's kind of neat so he does a lot. He's got his fingers in a lot, doesn't he? He's, he's, I love seeing that. Good for him, man. So now you've, you've got this empire. You've built yourself a bit here. I, I kind of liken what you guys have done with these podcasts to, to an indie wrestling promotion, getting bigger, getting noticed. Uh, you, you've, got, you've had different partnerships with it through the years. Um, I, I promise you I wasn't <laughs> going to give you any of the, the little dreamy questions, but ah, I, I guess what is what is the end game here? What is the goal? How how big do you want to take this thing? And I, I know there's one thing I love you guys talk about, and you talk about it a lot, is when people want to buy the show but not have you on it. <laughs> We've had that. We've had several forays into the TV talks where the first phone call is, oh, my God, we love what you guys are doing. It's you know, obviously they're coming to us. So, yeah, this is great. And we want to do a show with it. And you're the, the thing that the show is great that makes it good is the dynamic between you guys. That's what really makes it good. And then by the third phone call, they're like, uh, yeah, we're thinking maybe I mean, maybe you guys will do like a wraparound or something, you know, and after commercials. And that's sort of like a commercial break wraparound or something. But we're looking at it more this way. So it's like you want the name crime and sports is what you want. Yeah, that's what you want. You don't want two people that, you know, who are unknown outside of this realm. You know, you don't want you want faces that people know with this name attached to it. But but again, I think you guys are are like kind of like I said, an indie wrestling success story here. This is your your foray. Now you keep getting bigger and bigger. I mean, where do you want to ride this thing? The wheels fall off, I guess. But uh, where where do you want to see it? We honestly don't want to be like. there's a couple shows that are, you know, monstrous, monstrous. Like for us, like in the comedy, if you look on the comedy charts for like Apple Podcasts, we're always in the top 20 in comedy. And that's great. We're happy with that. Um, some of these are like number one, number two, number three overall. We don't really want that big of an audience because it'd be nice, obviously. It'd make a lot of money and things like that. But I don't feel like I don't. We'd have to be different people to appeal to that big of an audience. I feel like we we want as big of an audience as we can get where we don't have to change what we're doing. 
We we just we do this because we like it. We started it. You know, you start these things on spec. I mean, crime and sports started in a two bedroom apartment in the living room. We were like, I want to listen to this, you know, so it starts on spec. And um, when you started on spec and nobody nobody invested in you to begin with, then you really feel a lot of ownership for it. And you don't feel like you're going to let anybody tell you how to run your show. And if you have too big of an audience, your audience starts to push you around a little bit. And um we don't want to be we just don't want to think like, oh, we should tone this down or we should play that up to appeal to this audience or that audience or whatever audience. We just want to be ourselves, have a show and whoever finds it. Great. And we've just been lucky that people have found it. It's all luck. I, again, I, I really do enjoy the shows a lot. I think you, Thank you. have uh, an incredible charisma. I love it when you guys, as as all podcast fans, I think, feel when. When you go a little inzy and you share a little bit about yourselves a bit too, I mean that's we we have a podcast network that goes with this show as well, and we get to do that, and we get to hear some feedback, which is awesome as well. But uh, yeah. again, I really appreciate you doing this. Uh, we're gonna try and oh, talk to more you. more wrestling fans that uh, aren't typical wrestling personalities, so to speak. And I think that this is a yeah. good place to start with you, James, because uh, again, <laughs> if, if you haven't heard any of the wrestling episodes or any episodes of Crime and Sports. Uh, or Small Town Murder, give it a listen. I guarantee you're going to fall in love with these guys. And uh, l- like I said, you know, love it so much, I bought the T-shirt. Uh, but <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> most you. importantly... That's so cool. Thank you. Oh, dude, it's it's so cool that that uh, you're here now. So I think we're even now. I You know, you got like, dollars <laughs> off my T-shirt. I took your entire evening. It's fine. <laughs> no worries, man. No worries. <laughs> anyway, shut it's up and good. give me murder.com is where you can go. And you guys have a new show coming up as well. Tell us about this quick. Yes, it's called Your Stupid Opinions, and it is based on the internet is all reviews, and people have very different ideas of things. And one thing we've noticed is when people leave like a Yelp review for a restaurant, it says way more about them than it does about whatever they've reviewed. You know what I'm saying? So we just want to highlight some of these terrible reviews and pick these people apart for doing it, essentially. And uh, it's so much fun. We've done it on on bonus episodes, and it is just a blast to pick these bad reviews. It can be anything from the diner at the Newark airport to some sleazy motel in Missouri where people found the same razor blade four months apart in the same room to a cross-stitching class in Provo, Utah. Could be anything. People will complain about literally anything. And so we're going to complain about their complaints. So much fun. Well, again, no complaints here. James Petrogello, <laughs> Cash Hib, and Jimmy Wisman together. Crime and sports, small town murder. Again, shut up and give me murder.com. Last thing before we go, I see your uh, WWF turnbuckle pad up in the corner. There. Oh, yeah. Is that, is that legit or is that a repro? Because there's some reproduction ones out there. Uh, it's got to be. It's a reproduction, I think. My wife found it and got it for me because Sarah is great and loves wrestling, too. And she was like, we need one of these. I also had the Madison Square Garden microphone holder reproduced in metal. It's awesome. It's not in my studio. It's in an office, but it's it's cool as hell. Yeah, that is awesome. I love it. James, man, uh, this, this <laughs> couldn't you. have gone any better. Really appreciate it, dude. Appreciate you, my friend. Thank you. My thanks again to James Petrogello and his lovely wife, Sarah. Yes, the Sarah who uh, helped make that happen. I've been listening to that show for years, and again, if you're a fan of just really bizarre stories, true crime, or just reliving wrestling from a different perspective, highly recommend Crime and Sports and Small Town Murder. I didn't think I was going to be a guy that liked that show, but wouldn't you know, here I am, a few years later, just enthralled by all of it. All right, hopefully you've been enthralled by this, and patrons, just a reminder, you're getting a smack ton of new podcasts starting this week. Now, we're going to open it up free to everybody just this week on all the shows, but 
After that, it's only for those of you right here that are supporting us. A buck a week or so at patreon.com slash SNME radio. Thank you so much for doing that. And hope you've enjoyed this week's commercial free, completely extended edition of Sunday night's main event. Until next week, thanks for listening and letting me do what I do. Play safe, drive safe. I'll be seeing you.